Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. It's gnarly. Charlie. Let's go! Hello, what have we here? We got all kinds of wrestling. And Charlie, I'm not burying the lead this week. Charlie, I am not just not burying the lead. I am exhuming the corpse and raiding and pillaging the, the grave of of the lead. That's what I'm doing this pillaging? week. We got pillaging 30 seconds in. Let's go. All right, Charlie. The elite are going to be at full gear. Thoughts immediately. I mean, this is some of the best news we could have had, right? The boys are returning. Kenny is back. The Bucks are back. I think the it's a it's a nice breath of fresh air for a lot of people that was that have been wondering what's going on, just like Colt coming back a couple weeks ago, you know things like that. It's a good it, it makes the air feel a little better. You got a good reaction from the crowd, and I oh I feel like it you can't go wrong with this, right? I mean, it just I wish I mean I, I will say this if they if this was always the plan, they should have been on the show. I could see that. Just just to build it up, I understand they technically did before, but the week of, get the fuck out of here. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about the segment more when we get to it in the actual show. But I mean, like, I'm just excited the boys are back. We are three-fifths of the way back to having all of our boys back. We just need good old brother Kyle and Adam Cole, baby, and we'll be all set. And I was thinking about that, Charlie. We don't have a fucking fish boy anymore because he's a bitch. So, um... Uh, and you know and um he's on so i was thinking who do you put as the third person to face because we still should do that feud at some point right and i was thinking lee johnson is gonna probably need something to do when all whatever stuff with the factory is over with so maybe maybe well or maybe you know roddy finally gets out Do you think Roddy's actually planning on leaving? I, I think Triple H is going to lock Roddy down and just say, I'll pay you to not go to AEW. And he'll just be like, <laughs> he, he could, he could. But anyway, um, before we get into the rest of the show and, and how we always like to start off with our favorites and stuff this week, there are a couple of orders of business. One actually super important one that we should definitely hit at, at, right before I get into everything else here, Charlie. We have, we have a new have a new Twitter page for, for the show, uh, which is at Eat Sleep Elite. You can find us on Twitter. Um, and you can follow us there and we'll post like updates about the show and random, uh, things throughout the week. Some, some wrestling funny stuff. shit posting. Yeah, we'll Re- regular, uh, you I know, you might see some random, uh, like Puriso Flowision posts, you know, this is the way and Puroisu. I can't pronounce Japanese. Um, I think we'll both be tweeting some full gear stuff on there. So it'll, it'll be pretty cool, man. Probably. I just haven't logged into it. <laughs> I, I'll get around to it eventually. I just have been having a busy week. I, to be honest with you, when I woke up on Wednesday, I was like, oh, shit, this week is a fucking pay-per-view, isn't it? Um, Got the baby. Yeah, so, but anyway, yeah, so make sure you guys follow us at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter. And, uh, you know, and also you can follow us individually on Twitter um, at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And Charlie's at O-Charlie with an X instead. Hello there. So, um, General Kenobi? No, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so... Also, whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, or iHeart. Now, 
Um, whichever of those platforms you're on, make sure you follow and or subscribe and leave a five star frog splash review to let us know that uh, yeah, you like me. the show or that we fucking suck and should uh, jump off a bridge in a video game. Um, so uh, I jumped off a bridge in Warzone today. You did? Hell yeah, dude! I crashed a helicopter in, in, uh, in, <laughs> into another helicopter once in Warzone. That was pretty awesome. Hell yeah. Um, I'm right, pretty boys. sure the other team was pissed. See, anyway. see, you know the vibes. It's an even number, so that means I'm going first. And Hell I mean, yeah, they're brother. If you guys have been listening to this show for a number of weeks, or if this is your first week, you, you, know, my, you know where I was going. I mean, this isn't a surprise. The AEW trios titles match. Holy shit, man. I mean, this This is the this kind of match. This is wrestling. Facts. I, this is the kind of match AEW should be having once a week on their TV. This... Like the trios titles, Garrett. Every single time they're defended, the crowd is into it no matter what. And shout out the return of Darius. Absolutely. We love seeing that. And AR Fox getting this spot on the big stage. And we got some news about AR Fox that we'll get to in a little bit, but something's been offered a contract. So Tony really likes him. And. You know who I, where I would love to see? I know he probably assigned AEW currently. I think he would be a perfect fit for Ring of Honor. Yeah, he, he would. I mean, he's such a veteran, man, and it's it's so good to see. So let's jump into this, all right? Everyone kind of got their little solo spotlight, right? Uh, Penta yes. and Dante, Fox and Pac, and then uh, who was it? Darius and Phoenix, right? So yes. they, they all kind of got their own little spotlights. Everyone got their chance to shine. Darius looked great. I mean, you want to talk about a welcome back match? Jump in the ring with fucking Phoenix to kick us off, right? So, God, there were so many freaking badass moments. Darius looked ready to go. Like, Darius in his last like return was kind of like a little, you could tell, you, tell he was taking it slow. And then obviously things ended, you know, pretty, they, they didn't, he didn't get hurt in the ring or anything. It's just circumstances, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he looked super ready to be back like because it's been like and they were right it's basically been almost like two years since this guy's wrestle you know what i mean like it really has and I, it, when we talk about spots i mean there were some just downright stupid spots in this match oh yeah this was your spot fest top flight hit pack in the air with a, a fox cutter there was a cazadora splash moonsault combo right after that i mean <laughs> there was some 450 splashes going on uh, there was one you you were mentioning before the show. It was and like Dante, a no look. Yeah, Dante uh, did a springboard. So it was during the sequence where Penta and uh, Dante were in there together, and uh, Penta had j- just uh, like I think he had just run and hit the ropes and like bounced off or something like that little spot that Penta does. And then Dante, or no, actually Dante went to do some kind of flip of some kind. I forget what it was, and like he landed right in front of him or something along those lines. Anyway, there was a setup, and Penta was like standing in the middle of the ring, looked away for a second, and then. As soon as he looked back, Dante jumped backwards without looking and sprung forward off of the ropes. I've never seen anything like that. The guy literally no looked and did a springboard. And, and and it looked so fucking smooth. Like, yeah, it looked like he'd done it a thousand times, which is like... That's the thing with these guys. And we, we've joked about it before with Phoenix and Dante. We're like, well, that match is going to have more time in the air than on the mat. And it's like, it, when they do it, they do it so well. You know, and it's just, it's like, it's like, there's three, there's three guys right now, maybe four, if you want to include Bandito, actually, I will include Bandito in that. There's like four guys. It's like Bandito, Will Ospreay, Dante, and Phoenix. 
and what they are able to do with their bodies is it's just incredible. I, I don't know how they're even conditioned to do that, let alone able to do it super consistently like they are. Like it's, it's like some elite level gymnast shit. And yeah, so I definitely want to see this trio again, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Fox in top flight. I mean, the chemistry was there and I'd have to double check it, but I feel like when we were mentioning people, AR Fox is trained. I think those guys are on the list. So I, I, I would not I be would surprised. Doubt it. I mean, he's trained so many wrestlers. If not, he could definitely add to their game. So, and death triangle again with, in my opinion, the best entrance in AEW still. <laughs> yeah, literally it's not even close. I like... mean, this was made for me. So if you guys can't tell, I loved it. If you haven't seen this match yet, I, I if there was one match from this week to seek out before the pay-per-view, this would be the match I would recommend. So Garrett, take us through what was your favorite this week? Yeah, so I was actually uh, – we talked about this before the show. I was actually struggling with it. It's not that I didn't have a favorite this week. I was just like, uh, what do I pick? So – because there was a lot of really great wrestling this week. Um, and what Good I ultimately matches ended dark up, too. Yeah, absolutely. What I ultimately ended up going with was uh, – I mean, I think I even said last week what it probably was going to be uh, because I was just like – because when this match was announced, Charlie, I, I think I think everybody that – has been following Eddie for a little while, kind of went like, oh, because this is something that Eddie, Eddie Kingston has wanted for a long time, is something that I believe Eddie Kingston has deserved for a long time. Um, and he finally got it. We had Eddie Kingston and Ortiz taking on Jun Akeyama and Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, first of all, just great theme for Takeshita when he came out. Um, Love seeing our boy back, too. Absolutely. Takeshita should be, like, if if, if DDT doesn't have him locked up for like a million years which they probably do but if they don't um aw should get on that immediately um i don't care the roster might might be bloated but eventually ring of honor is going to be a thing and it won't matter anyway so just keep signing people um and yeah so they're literally from the top of this match charlie we got references i mean literally and i it's like excalibur knows i wanted him to do this like i didn't even have to say it on the podcast he just knew the way you start this match is by telling the history of the four pillars of Japan, of all Japan, I should say. The four pillars of Japan are such a heavy influence on Eddie's style that you can really see it, especially when he got in there with Akiyama. I mean, Charlie, I don't remember. Was there a, a segment where the two of them were actually in the ring together? At first, it was illegally. Eddie just kind of jumped in and started. They did their little uh, mm-hmm. the chests back and forth. That's and about then, all, I, all we got. I think that might be because maybe they're saving that for when they actually do have a match, and that could be the case. Which they do. Um, it's at full gear, zero hour. Oh, okay. Yep. So there you go. There's the actual match. But anyway, that being said, I didn't actually know that. Um, yeah, it, it was after Rampage it broke, so. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I just I caught Rampage late. I apologize, everybody. Um. So I didn't have a chance to look at that. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, so there was all kinds of All Japan references in the match itself as well. We were walking along that long and winding Royal Kings Road, Charlie. And uh, man, it was we'd seen a couple of Junakiyama matches from back when he was like young. And dude, Charlie, what was the difference in this match? <laughs> I couldn't uh, I tell. Mean, it you could like tell, the same guy. And you could tell this guy's fucking, he's been hit. He's been punched before. I mean, oh yeah, he didn't even seem phased by any of the strikes, and that's not saying that Eddie wasn't hitting him hard. He's just he was brought up by the four pillars. You know what I mean? Like he's he's tough son of a bitch. But um, 
And I also think him and Takesha made a pretty great tag team. So I'd like to see that continue. Right? That, that they did. Um, Kanosuke did take a lot of offense, which, eh, I mean, I would have liked to see him have a little bit more of a shine in his spot back. But toward the end of this match, everybody was fucking on fire on all cylinders. So it didn't really matter. Um, it was super hard. So we went to a break and there was a little bit of a control spot by uh, Akiyama, I think. And then on Ortiz. And then uh, they came back. Tags were made. And eventually it ended up with some hard and fast sort of like back and forth striking knees, you know, forearms, uh, sort of that sort of thing back and forth. Um, and the strikes kept escalating and escalating. And there was like sliding knees and running knees and jumping knees and to catch the lines. And eventually uh, it was exploder suplexes. And then eventually mm-hmm. one of those exploder suplexes sent Ortiz to the shadow realm. One, two, three. And that was it. And... I'm not surprised this is leading to a match. Um, I really wish it had gotten on the main card. Like, there's part of me that wishes it did, but because it's it's a bigger match than that. But whatever, you know. I'm just glad Eddie's getting his match, and he got this match as well. Um, and who knows? Maybe it leads to a trio of matches. Maybe Eddie goes back to DDT and follows him there. That'd be incredible. So we'll see how that goes. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and. I thought Ortiz cut a nice little promo before the match. Oh, yes. And it's actually Mark, a good point. Mark Henry main event uh, thing. Takesh just sounded good in that, too. He did. He did. So, yeah, cool for uh, Eddie and Ortiz. I mean, we've been covering them on Dark the past, uh, like, two months or so. They've been kind of wrestling as a tag. and hmm Yeah, they look good here. Uh, everyone involved look good. And, you know, we often talk about the smorgasbord of professional wrestling that AEW offers. And you compare this to my favorite, and it's two completely different just styles of wrestling, two different stories are being told here. And I loved them both. I mean, I'm with you here. So this was really fun. Junakiyama is a welcome face here in AEW. And yeah, so. All right. So moving on from that, guys, we're going to jump into yeah. some, uh, some news we got here. You teased something that we should get to because you teased it. So let's see Yes, yes. So, AEW, the Young Bucks have abandoned the Wayward Sons trademark. I figured we'd touch on this because we covered it last week. So, uh, a week after filing, the Bucks company abandoned the trademark. So, I guess they just decided to say, fuck it, nah, we're just going to be on the pay-per-view, fuck the gimmick. Fuck the gimmick. So, maybe they didn't like, maybe people weren't, maybe they weren't as, maybe they were expecting people to be like, oh, this sounds really cool, and it didn't really happen. Like, I know even us, we were like, I mean, it could be cool. I would have loved to hear the theme. Oh, that would have been interesting for sure. So, I mean, if they came out to Kansas, but I don't think that's not very (laughs) elite. It would have been something more grand than that. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. So, Abaddon may have suffered a broken collarbone over the weekend. Oh, no. She was wrestling at an indie show, and uh, sounds a PW Insider was pretty much covering it and said there's no word on how long they'll be out of action so oh, she was facing uh, Joey Ace at uh, Warriors of Wrestling in Brooklyn, New York so yeah she was taken to the hospital I mean as far as I'm looking now there hasn't been any updates on this so yeah we're just hopefully, okay. hopefully they're okay and they can get back to wrestling soon that's that's sad to hear because Abaddon's been on like, on, on like a roll recently on Dark I, I love exactly right and it's such a fucking different character, too. So, I know. It's I, it, it's something, like, I say every now and then there are certain things that's on just dark. And I'm glad that it's just on dark. But 
there's some things like Abaddon that need to be on TV for them to really know and be able to feel out what they're is this going to be like the boogeyman? Is this going to be like Bray Wyatt? Is this going to be like Finn Balor's version where it only comes out sometimes when it's, and most of the time Abaddon's normal, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to be able to work that stuff out with the crowd. And that's not really something Abaddon's had a chance to do yet. So. Ah. Yeah. So injury bug had a media call. Uh, I'm not going to run through everything here, but some stuff that uh, applies to us. And I feel like applies to stuff we've been talking about. He made no comment on the CM Punk stuff. He said he couldn't comment. Uh, he asked about FTR. So, and he said, quote, believe me, I've tried in regard to an FTR versus Briscoe's match on AEW TV. So, a couple months ago, I'm sure everyone saw some reporting on Briscoe's being unable to perform uh, on AEW TV. And seems like he, uh, even even Tony himself couldn't get him on there. So, um. He was asked about FTR not being on Sunday Saturday's event as of now. Khan said he has a lot of talented wrestlers under contract and thinks there's more opportunity for more AEW and ROH content to help showcase them and others. Again, FTR, I'm sure, is going to be at a final battle and winner is coming. So they're they're going to be in for a nice December. They're just uh, they're not on this one. We had some more confirmations. Owen Hart Foundation Tournament will return in 2023. No brainer. Mercedes Martinez cleared from injury, which we saw on Rampage. Yeah. Excited to have that that championship back, to be honest with you, because that was a regular on Dark there for a while, so hopefully we get that again. Saturday's show will end at a, quote, reasonable time. That'll be a tight wrestling show. Double or Nothing was laid out differently due to the Boston Celtics-Miami Heat NBA Playoffs Game 7, and with the show being on the West Coast, so... Lies... And they are nearing a $1 million gate for Saturday's yeah, show. So. Uh, he has to say that because people have been complaining. It's going to be a long show. It's 10 fucking matches. I'm sorry. I, as long as it's not like four and a half hours. I, I would like three hours. That's, uh, listen, if we this is get the, three hours. And you then... know what that tells me? That matches that should get time are going to get cut. You shouldn't cut time from matches just because. And I know people are going to be like, not every match needs to be at Broadway. Well, we're fucking doing something different here, aren't we? Like, isn't AEW supposed to be where we say all those old wrestling rules are bullshit and, like, the way the old uh, old people... <laughs> the way that people in the old ways of the industry were wrong? Like, isn't that the whole fucking point of AEW? Isn't that why we booted CM Punk, or we're trying to anyway, because, like, he's still stuck in that bullshit? Like, uh, anyway. Exactly. Yeah, so... I, uh... I don't think it's going to be super long. With it, I'm not saying have seven hour fucking wrestling shows, but like maybe no. don't book ten. There match was cards. one of them that was like five and a half hours. And my I think complaint the entire time that we've done this show has been we don't need ten fucking plus matches. We don't need seven. We, we seven matches is already a lot. Like I feel like if you're trying to tell stories for all of them on your two hour wrestling show, like. yeah, yeah. I mean, straight up, I could pick one off this list right now that we did not need, but. Uh, we know why they're doing it. It's because they want Sting in the match. So, uh, Tony, Tony Khan said he's wanted to give Thunder Rosa every opportunity to defend AEW's women title. She's been out of August since, or been out of action since August. So, yeah. And uh, Tony Storm has also beaten every former champion. So, Thunder Rosa's last on the list. <laughs> um. Yes, yes, yes. AR Fox, we covered... 
Um, Charlie, I just came up with the most brilliant idea of how to break Jade's undefeated streak without her taking the TBS title off of her. What is it? While she's the TBS champion, she gets a championship shot at the main title. Ooh, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, she should win that. Well, but since she didn't go on that title run to begin with, like I thought she should have, that would be a great way to set up for her going forward in the future and also have her not have to, like, you could still have her be TBS champion and technically you've only had one TBS. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could still have that prestige of it being one title reign. I, I feel like that could work because, again, I still believe undefeated streaks don't work. Fair, fair. AW announced the debut in Dy- of Dynamite and Rampage at London, Phoenix, and San Francisco. So, yeah, it's exactly about what I suggested it should be on the show. I think I said this like a couple weeks ago when they announced the UK show or what, last week, whenever it was. I was like, it would be great if that was one of the first shows in January. And here we go. Britt Baker was talking to Sports Illustrated, and she pointed out the match with her and Soraya is a point of progress for the AW women's division. Quote, it's so progressive for our division. It's a story-driven match. It's a very compelling story, and the match is going to be even more exciting. It's it's a, it's a pay-per-view match for the women, not featuring a title. And We've been asking for this for months. And the best part, now, this technically is a debut match, they haven't wrestled already. They haven't been thrown in six different tag matches. This It's their first time wrestling, and it's agreed. I, I, um, I'm with you. She makes great points here. So, yeah. That was just kind of the... There was a lot of news, guys. We, I mean, I, I cut a lot of that out, too. That was that felt like it wasn't necessary. So, yeah. Uh, busy week, yeah. but it always is going into the pay-per-views. So, we're used to this. And, uh, you know, what? when we have news like that, that's good news. Is I love to see it. So, and, yeah. Uh, before we jump into Dark Elevation real quick... Uh, I want to say uh, thank you to you guys who did follow the podcast already. Uh, we kind of we got some followers on. Them. We we're tweeting a little bit, and yeah, uh, we hope to uh, see you guys for the actual pay per view. So that'll be fun to do. And Absolutely, Garrett. If you want to get the people, the Good Brothers, the Dark Elevation results, my man. Yeah, AEW yeah. Dark Elevation episode number eighty nine. We opened up with the Gates of Agony. Some big meat slapperoonies all over the place. Uh, we had Big Cuzzo, a.k.a. according to Daddy Magic, Tommy Bahama, bud. Bud. Took him out with a fucking lung blower, bud. W, post-match beatdown, bud. Ty Mello had a squash. Not much here. Ty KO. Martial arts stuff. Private Party and Matt Hardy also had a match. Und- um, so... Underneath this guy's mask was another mask, Charlie. This man is fucking con- <laughs> is sorry is 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 uh what the fuck is his name Kakashi from fucking uh Naruto. A mask is another mask. As in, I was surprised. Poetry in motion. I wish this story wasn't just relegated to dark. Honestly, I, I feel like there's something there, but whatever. You know, Matt Hardy private party. I guess that's a, is it officially a, is it a trio? I guess now I don't know. Um, and uh, Matt Hardy had a nice sit out power bomb and, and a submission and W and. AW Heels did a thing. Speaking of AW Heels, Heel Thena has dragged another lamb to the slaughter, Charlie. Oh my god. The this week grinder. it was Kayla Sparks. She hit her with a face buster out on the floor. She's out of control, Charlie. Someone needs to stop her. God damn it, she's laying it in, Charlie. Stop her! <laughs> she murdered this woman with a pump kick. She smashed her face in. She locked in the neck crank. 
And then she wouldn't let it go. And then she hit the O face after the bell, Charlie. That's not what good guys do. Mm-mm. Kayla Sparks, also known released. as the Spice Ranger. The Spice Ranger? <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not kidding. That's what they said. Fair enough. Um, all right. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. <laughs> the Butcher. The Butcher and the Blade took on waves and curls. I'd like to see them back. Uh, some loud-ass chops from Blade. Apparently, there was some ass-slapping in this match. I don't remember that, but that I wrote that in the notes. And they dragged the lake on him. And we had a Ring of Honor Pure Championship match, at least. It's what it said on the card, uh, even though the rules were not followed. Daniel Garcia took on Leon Ruffin. I like Leon Ruffin. Um, obviously, I like Daniel Garcia. Um, he had to show off that little unique flippy stuff he does in the corner. That was cool. Mike Posey still doesn't understand rope breaks. Had a hell of a rebound lariat from Leon. And then they put uh, Leon to sleep. And yeah, good match. I like that. Daniel Garcia has so much fun with the simplest of wrestling moves. And absolutely. That was on pure display. Everything he does just looks like it hurts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, it's all of Danielson. I mean, that's why people compare him to Danielson. It's like that. Everything Danielson does just looks different. You know, same with him. Speaking of looking different, Charlie, we had George Joel taking on Preston Vance. With Uno and Silver and Reynolds uh, accompanying. Uh, was this new music for George Joel, Charlie? I'd have to double check. I, don't I honestly know. don't. I can't remember what music they've given Jorah recently. I know they did a while back. Maybe they did it again. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. They still haven't done anything with Jorah. I still think Jorah would be great for Ring of Honor. He had a nice pump kick. Uh, but it got no sold. And then Discus Lariat and GG's. All right. Uh, Serpentico took on AR Fox. Um, AR Fox got some music. Hell yeah. Uh, Fox hit this uh, like moonsault off the apron, and I'm not even lying to you, Charlie. This is what I wrote in my notes. It reminds me of how Will Osprey flies. Okay. And then he hit a split leg and moonsault flatliner move that he also hit in the other match that we mentioned. That move is nuts. I don't even know how you do that. It's just, it, he does like a split leg and moonsault flip off the ropes and flatlines you. It looks like you're gonna die. Speaking of looking like you're gonna die, we had. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they they're bringing the death. You never know. But we had Mesa Ruga and Emi Sakura with Balianaki taking on Riho and Willow Nightingale. What a fucking match! First of all, um, on paper, but um, damn, fucking Mesa Ruga is like super flexible. That is, she did this like back bend thing right before the match. Anyway, um, they also had the same color gear. That was good. We had some team time successfully completed. Um. We had uh, Mesa biting people, which I, I, I need I say more. Um, and, and I, I'm going to miss her already. She, she, I know. she went back to Japan. She's back in Choco Pro. And I already miss her. I know. I, I need Riho versus May, please. Please. Because um, I did some good stuff in this match. Willow, oh, no, my God. May got completely obliterated by Willow's pounce, Charlie. <laughs> Guess we will chop you. We, um, we had a hell of an ending sequence. You. Um, they did the Transformer again. We had a Death Valley Driver and a Running Meteora combo for the win. Um, so, and that was the, uh, oh shit, I didn't even do it. That was the main event of the <laughs> What was going on on AEW Dark's 170, Charlie? We open up. Sky Blue is here. Always a welcome surprise. She defeated Paris Van Dale. She defeated the Super Kick in a flatliner. 
The iron savages are the iron born. What is dead may never die. They took on Brando Lee and Lucas Chase. Uh, Chase and Lee, they got the signature assisted cannonball and were pinned shortly after. They still suck. And JT Davidson is still garbage. And, uh, God, this pains me. I was looking through Twitter. People don't even realize they changed their names. Oh, man. Wait, people still think they're called Bear Country? Yeah. They're like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, no. Another one. Who are they? Uh, oh, no. Who? <laughs> Kira Hogan, she defeated Kennedy Copeland. Copeland got uh, pretty cocky, and Hogan delivered a roundhouse kick for the quick victory. I like seeing Kira Hogan. Let's get those reps in. Frankie Kazarian defeated... I gotta double check this. Who the fuck who? is that? Exactly. Who the fuck is this? We see who the fuck is this guy? Wait, you guessed it, Frankie Kazarian, but who the fuck is the other guy? <laughs> Zach Clayton, I don't know. I've never heard of this guy. Was he like a Yeah, is he one of those guys? Like shit. Oh no, come on. Zach Clayton's here. You just put some fucking respect on Zach Clayton. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, this is his first like legit opponent in a little bit since Hook. Yeah, yeah. And uh I thought they had some good back and forth for a second. Mm-hmm. He uh, beat him down in the corner, hit him with a nice little uppercut, and Kazarian then countered it. He did seem a little fucking... nervous. Yeah. Um, but it's because he's getting in with actual wrestlers now. It's going to be nervous, nerve-wracking for him, I imagine, because he doesn't want to look like an idiot in front of him, you know? And, and um, let me, let me, and I just want to point this out. Zach Clayton is, he's an actual, like, kind of, like, low-key celebrity. Because yeah. it's kind of the culture that he's in. And Wait, who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I went to his Instagram page the other day. Most of his posts are about him wrestling. Hey, yo. Like, this is a thing that we talk about with AEW. Bring in these people that bring an outside vision. Like we've mentioned with Swerve and with Parker Boudreaux. And? They're putting different eyes on the screen. There are people that follow Zach Clayton from this other lifestyle of the Jersey Shore that are watching his wrestling stuff. You know who else brings eyes to the product? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he uh, got trapped in the chicken wing and got to submit. So yeah, Frank Kazarian versus Josh Alexander on Impact Overdrive. Hell Brock yeah. Anderson and Arn Anderson cut a promo, building up the ROH PL Championship main event match against Danu Garcia. So the factory here. Dude, we got Brock QT Anderson's Marshall. got a cool sounding voice. Yeah, he does. Is this my favorite trio? QT Marshall, Cole Carter, and Lee Johnson? Is no. it? No, the perfect trios. See, I feel bad taking QT out of the trios. So if I had to pick a trio, I'm picking this. But if I ha- if if I was taking QT out, I'm replacing him with Aaron Solo. Solo Carter Johnson. Oh, That's a fucking trio, a trio I can buy in. Dude, that trio versus Dante, AR Fox, and Darius, dude. Dude, I I'm not kidding you. I think in 2023, there is going to be a factory spot where they are the heels going for the trios titles. And I think that's kind of low-key what they're building. I think that's roster. how you actually make the factory feel like a legit factory. Because I just feel like a, a training center. You they know do. I mean? For and wrestlers. Which is great. With... They need that for dark. But we sometimes it just feels like that. Especially when QT isn't like really acting like a heel. Because he's trying to make sure everybody hits their spots. You know, like... and, and you can defend them Freebird. Right? Yes. So Absolutely. I love We that. can get trios matches with Carter, Solo, Johnson. And then we can get some muscle meat matches with fucking uh, Camarado in there too. So. The big meat. Just like 
see everyone needs their tag runs the factory their tag title run is going to be with the trios title i just i feel it in my bones um but yeah this is actually pretty good they took a man scout what a awful name teddy goods and channing thomas man scout am i reading that is that right jesus uh anyways goods got on the receiving end of a diamond cutter and got pinned i love cole carter seriously Athena. By the way, I wrote in a line. I wrote a, a, a clever line for every Athena match. So, <laughs> Athena took on LMK. Let me know. Uh, Athena left this one for the buzzards, Charlie. <laughs> God damn! I, I like what it. Have we here. She delivered this hip attack, and she tried to cover after a senton, and then she just lays that offense in. She just she stiffs the fuck out of people, and then she finished her off with a sideways lariat. And the meat grinder was once again, she victimizes her opponents. Yeah, this, this also little mean Kathleen. What the hell? What's the hell of a name? Athena's opponents make victim noises. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fucking tweet. Anybody that gets that fucking reference. (laughs) That's a tweet. All right, uh, Dark Order, Evil Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds defeated Arjun Singh, Mike Magnum, Ayo, and Brett Goslin. Uh, this was a Dark Order match. It was. It certainly was. Pendulum Bomb on Goslin for the pinfall win. Are Ten and Uno still tagging, Charlie? I don't know. I, 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 would, I hope so. It's even more confusing after after Friday. Athena then today. cornered Lexi in air backstage, and I, I thought for a second she was just going to stiff her. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> let me settle down. Like, I'm right. down there, Chief. Well, you don't want her to fucking do it to you now, buddy. All right. <laughs> Actually, uh, ROH hey, hey, Pure Champion Daniel Garcia took on Brock Anderson in an ROH Pure title match. I mean, look, this is kind of the match we've been looking out for for Brock Anderson. Yeah. Uh, all seriousness, uh, the pure title, Brock Anderson, Daniel Garcia. This, honestly, was actually really good. Yep. And fuck, I mean, I know that we had there hasn't been a crazy amount to say this to, but this is my favorite Brock Anderson match. And that's the, fair. The fact that Daniel Garcia is getting, in my opinion, some of people's best matches out of them already. Shows the limitless potential of Daniel Garcia's career. Dude, I'm not joking. I think the last match we said that about was, and this is just gonna this is gonna be a blast of the past for you. The, I think it was Brock and Lee versus Guns, and that match was actually really good. Yeah, it was, and that was like six months ago or something. <laughs> and I gotta say, Brock Anderson, I still think he's going to eventually team with FTR for a little bit. I think but, it makes so much sense. But maybe they're, you know, maybe that's their trio when it eventually happens. And especially now that CM Punk's gone even more so. Unless yeah, they just I do FTR think. housing, which I could totally see them doing. But I, I love Brock and FTR. And this match, any notes you had from this one? But I mean, you're the you're a wrestler. Yeah, chance. absolutely. Um, I like Brock catching him with the gator roll and him having to like immediately like roll away and like, be like, oh, that's a rope break. I, I caught him there. You know, like I like that. That's good stuff. Give Brock a little bit of shine. Um, like, like this is where I put the thing about like the wild torque he gets on the submissions. 
yeah. it's just nuts because it was in this match. And that's probably part of Brock, Brock's uh, flexibility as well. Um, which, by the way, that's an underrated part of people's game in wrestling for submission stuff, I think, is is their flexibility. Because sometimes it can work against you. Like, I've seen some of the super flexible women that doesn't look as, as tight. But with some of the men, when they have that flexibility, it definitely fucking, you can see how it applies to their game. I've dropped, like, 97 F-bombs in this podcast, but it's great. Um, it's, hey, man, it's, it's 2, 3 in the morning. We're allowed to. Fuck it. And I also wrote in my notes that uh, Garcia might have to run this match back one day, like, yes. with time. Because I think this would be a great, especially if we're planning on having, like, the JAS run Ring of Honor for a little bit. I think this would be a great match to have on Ring of Honor TV. Um, in back-to-back nights, Ruffin and then Brock stacking up his pure ROH title defenses. I, I mean, like that. He's not got a match on the pay-per-view, yep. you know? So you Give him two title defenses in the same week? Fuck yeah, dude. Both in front of live crowds, and now, you know, I- I'm sure he wrestled tonight in front of a live crowd and Wednesday in front of a live crowd, so... I'm sure. He's earned that spot. Absolutely. So, all right, so what we're going to do now, we're going to run through Dynamite and Rampage, and then... On a separate show, we're going to hit our full gear predictions, and then a separate, separate show, <laughs> yep. we'll be covering full gear. And yeah, so last stretch here of the uh, full gear go home a week, the build continues. Charlie, so, this is, I mean, this is technically, I mean, this is our last pay-per-view week of the year. I mean, this yep. is huge. And... Uh, before we even get started, I thought this week was really good, man. I mean, I really like this Dynamite. And we opened up Excalibur welcoming, welcoming us with Shivani, Taz, and Riccoboni. And we knew right away we're getting some ROH and uh, BCC time. So Claudio Casanoli and Brian Danielson took on and defeated ROH world champion Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Garrett, take it away with this one. What did you think of this match and uh, the winners here of the Blackpool Combat Club? Yeah, I, I think Blackpool Combat Club needed a win for a little while here. I think uh, Claudio definitely was the one guy that probably needed a little bit of momentum heading into this match because the last couple of things he did was lose, win with Wheeler, and sort of not really be in the title scene. So we kind of have to get him back into that, so that makes sense. Um, they did save a little bit for Sunday, which makes sense. Crowd was super hot for this match. It's a good match to open with. Um, I agree with uh, Ian Riccoboni. Jericho is actually putting together a ridiculously good case for the greatest champion in Ring of Honor history. Um, and he's only been champion for like a few months, if, if even that. Um, I mean, his entire reign's defeating former champions, so literally establishing a powerhouse there. Yep. Sammy did his flippy shit, and he had a really nice knee strike, and then a super cool-looking top rope cutter. Um, and then Claudio, like I said, picked up the win with the momentum with the – I believe he hit a Ricola bomb and then a uh, – and then locked in the Scorpion death lock to tap out Jericho, I believe it was, uh, the week of the pay-per-view. So – Big momentum swing there, and the last week of the of, you know of the build, and uh, it put Jericho on the back foot, which we will see in commentary on Rampage. So yeah, um, you know, it, uh, Sammy, you know, didn't really do anything in this match to tease that he's going to betray Jericho, but we've, we're getting more subtle with that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I didn't expect to see anything like that, but um, that doesn't mean that nothing is going to happen. So. But yeah, so really good match. Great opener to the show, Charlie. Do, do you have anything you wanted to add about this match? I thought it was really good. Great way to open the show. Shorter than agreed, I thought. Agreed. But. And another week of Danielson and Guevara. Just every time they touch the ring, it's it's actually... Because every time we touch... <laughs> yes, and... God, man. he. I think Guevara's got the chemistry with Danielson. Just like he had it with Cody. 
Like these guys, there's something special here, man. I really think so. But I mean, it it's is almost Daniels, like when right? you put Sammy Guevara against some of the best wrestlers in the world, he does really well. It's weird. And the fact that he does really well, it proves he knows what he's doing, man. So he he, he has been doing well. And yeah, I think you covered it all. I mean, Claudio hit a really long giant swing and he disarmed Jericho. And I thought that was really nice. And sharpshooter. We always love a sharpshooter win, right? So we got some video packages. John Moxley and MGF at full gear. We hear from both men later in the night. Black and white video is shown of Darby Allen in a body bag being picked up by Sting and placed in the backseat of a car. Bro, I love Darby Allen's sense of creativity, man. It vibes with me so hard. You like, too, man. It, like, when you read that shit out loud, you're like, damn, that's what happened? But it's like, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, dude, that's what happened. And Sting was fucking awesome in it. And He dude. gets free, sits up. Sting says, full gear will be showtime. We come I can back see why Sting Jay looked Dutt. at this guy and said, yeah, I'm coming back to wrestling. You know what I mean? Like... And, Dude, it's been working, man. Going about winter is coming. It'll be two years strong them together. So, oh, speaking of things that have been working, or more like not fucking working. God, Sanjay Tut, Jay Lethal, Saddam Singh, and Jeff Jarrett backstage as Jarrett said he and Sting have wrestled twenty four years. Full gear will be the last time. God, I fucking hope so. Slap nuts. <sighs> Before the match, the acclaimed premiered their new music video, <laughs> mocking Swerve in our glory. It started out with Paul White bringing back his Captain Insano character from the Waterboy while being interviewed by the Acclaimed because they made that fun of awesome. the guys dressed as Keith Lee and Swerve. I've been asking you for months, Charlie. Are you ready for Captain Insano when it happens? Were you ready? I was not ready. And <laughs> it ended with the Acclaimed and <laughs> Daddy Ass walking so loud when he came on screen. I was like, yes. I'm not going to lie. Part of me was like, is this a throwback to when he, he first came here and like the Acclaimed interviewed him? Are they show? But No. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. No, nah, dude, it was good. I that this it was perfect. The whole this whole match and this whole sequence, this whole story <clears throat> has been perfect. And the acclaim and daddy ass walking on the beach holding hands. <clears throat> Sneaky Swerve. So Sneaky Swerve defeated Anthony Bones. This is the right call, by the way. Yes. I'm okay having your champion losing singles combat, especially when it's against Swerve Strickland, future world champion. Swerve Strickland. Max Caster's pregame match included a line about Jay Leno burning himself this past week. He, he doesn't give a fuck. He has no he, no restraint whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, Daddy Ass attacked Strickland pre-match. Um, the refs just uh, got him and uh, got him out of the picture. Bowen's got some early offense in. Strickland ended up kicking him onto the floor. Hit him with that Fosbury flop. Bowen's launched into the front row and Strickland pretty much just kind of rolls the entire commercial. Bowen, we come back. Bowen's his mouth is bleeding. Strickland's got him in the corner. Put a comeback on him with a charging back elbow. And, I mean, here's the thing. Dude, Bowen's his bump over the barricade looked brutal. It really did. And it, I, Bowen's can, Bowen's is a very, when I say big, I'm not talking like height. He's not like a super tall guy. No, but he's fucking But he's a big stacked. guy. Yeah, he's, he's got the meats. And... Hey, yo. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I distracted myself. Swerve took this really cool bump on the turnbuckle at one point, too, that I thought was really good. Yeah, so Bowen hit that angle slam for the two, tried to spin slams, then Swerve answered with a brain buster and the kill shot kick. Ah, that might be one of my favorites right now, the kill I shot know, kick. I really like the JML driver, dude. It's a great move. And Swerve, then he violently snapped the arm of Bowen and hit a top rope Swerve stomp but again got the two. 
Bowens tried a schoolboy, but Strickland again wrenched to the arm and got the JML driver for the clean win. Swerve? One little note that I did have. Um, okay. Both of them throughout this entire match, when they were taking offense, had great facials or facial reactions, whatever you want to call it. Okay. I thought if you paid attention, if you go back and watch this match, everybody, <laughs> and just pay attention to that, I thought throughout the whole match, they, they both actually like looked like they were in pain and like actually looked like it was convincing. Like, That's fair. I can't wait till Swerve is doing nothing but singles matches. I can't wait till Swerve does that kick to the back of MJF's head and takes the title. You know what? I'm down. So we jump into a video package on Jade and Nyla. So a lot of video package this week, but I mean, it's to be expected. Samoa Joe interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Despite uh, turning on Wardlow last week, Joe came out through the babyface tunnel. He had some shocking actions, said his actions. He was asked about his shocking actions. He said they weren't shocking. Wardlow's actions resulted in him paying the price. He refused to be the victim like most fans here tonight. He didn't want to wait around to be saved. He saved himself, and if anyone has a problem, they should take it up with him. Hobbs interrupts and said he's been the one kicking Wardlow's ass the last several weeks and hits the ring to do it to Joe. Wardlow interrupts as he hits the ring from the crowd, and all three men are pulled apart by the locker room. It makes, by the way, it makes sense to pull these three apart. They're all fucking big meat slapping meat fests. It's it's a goddamn meat castle. It makes sense. And Joe and Hobbs were taken outside the ring. Dark Order just let Wardlow go. And he wiped out everyone with a dive over the top to stand tall. So, what'd you think of this Samoa Joe promo? I thought it, uh, I thought it finally sounded like some serious Samoa Joe, like viciousness is kind of the word I got out of this. He's a vicious son of a bitch. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, good promo by Joe. It's like probably his strongest point in his game is his promo work, I would say. Um, and so it's a great way to use him. And I, if Joe versus Wardlow is the way we go post this match, great. If not, um, I heard somebody suggest that maybe Joe holds both titles because Ring of Honor doesn't have TV right now. I think that would be kind of a misstep because I don't know what you do with Wardlow at that point. Somebody was saying like on the chase with him again, Joe versus Wardlow. If that's where you want to go, doesn't feel right to just throw away Hobbs like that. But uh, I don't Many know. Many options here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with it. We'll get to that on predictions and stuff like that. But uh, definitely an intrigue added to the match. And Wardlow is not. Wardlow is an anomaly. He shouldn't be able to do the things he's able to do. Say that again. Goddamn. We jump from that promo to another just really awesome promo. Britt Baker, she's okay, just This is where we're going to get controversial because I actually think I agree with Brian Alvarez about everything about just about he said about this. So go ahead and go through it. And yeah, I'll so Britt's backstage alone. She's kind of recapping what uh, Soraya said last week. In three years, she became a leader in the AW locker room, became her own role model. She earned opportunities instead of being handed them, which is a callback from the Soraya line. We kind of – that was a line that didn't hit well with the live crowd, but Soraya won the promo back, so – uh, Baker said she might not have wrestled at MSG, but she wrestled at Daly's place during the pandemic. Something Soraya would never know about. Baker respects Soraya, but this business owes Soraya nothing, as Baker is the heart, soul, and pulse of AW. If Soraya can't respect that, Soraya needs to get the hell out of her house. So Britt just really, I think <clears throat> it was the pandemic line, I think that hit really hard. Uh, it felt like kind of from the reactions online and from the crowd. And it was, that was a good line. I mean, when Britt wants to be 
you know, I guess just what's the term here? It's not really vindictive of pay of Soraya, but it, there was some passion here. And this was, this was not the, the Britt Baker that's up in your face. You know, this was a different, a different tone of promo for sure. So yeah. What, what, uh, what were you thinking about this one? So, yeah. So the, the thing Alvarez had to say, uh, this week was it is kind of a bit odd how in the last two weeks, this story has completely flipped on its head. Um, and it's something we can talk about with the Mox MJF thing a little bit as well. Um, it is a little unfortunate how, because Soraya, as great as she is on the mic, did take a bit of a misstep with the direction of this story, I think. Um, I don't know why they thought it was a good idea for her to run Brit down. Like, she's not got any respect Oh her. yeah, and the crowd completely did not respond to that last week. I, m- I remember we were talking about. We that. talked about it, and we were like, yeah. it ended up making it back. But it yeah, she was able to be. flip it back around when she yeah. kind of. Re- I think she might have caught it too. Like, oh, I think shit. she recognized it as well. I mean, we've we've talked about that before with with when she was Paige. You know, like Soraya isn't isn't like you know no one's perfect, and I can understand in the moment being like, oh shit, because she knows her shit. You know what I mean? She's eight. In the same way that Britt in the last three years ate, sleep, breathe, and lived pro wrestling. That was Soraya for 17 years, you know? So so she knows. Um, and I think it's now almost like Britt's the baby face and Soraya's the heel. Which, I don't she know about you, Charlie. turn the promo into that with I, her I don't think that. that's the story I want told. And so now when, I don't think Britt's winning, right? So I don't. I mean, we could talk about that, but I don't think that they would pivot to that just because of the story, you know, like, yeah, let's assume that that wasn't the case. I don't think they would pivot to that. So it is a bit confusing, especially because and it's clear that they didn't want to try and salvage it because they figured if they try to do that, it probably wouldn't help. So they had Surya and her promo later kind of just be like, I'm done talking about this, which is fair, but I do feel like it is worth addressing because it it is a it as great as this is, and I I'm not saying this shouldn't have happened. I, this obviously is great. This is fantastic for AEW. I completely agree with. I, I'm not negating anything that we said or agreed with earlier. I just think it could have there there was opportunity that was maybe just missed here. You know, that's fair. Hey, that's that's fair. So yeah, uh, we didn't really. Yeah, so Ricky, St- Ricky Starks is backstage talking about Lance Archer attacking him last week prior to their tournament match. The match will end up happening this Friday on Rampage. Ethan Page. This is Rampage, baby. <laughs> Ethan Page took on and defeated Bandito. This is Ethan Page, baby. <laughs> and he advanced in the title eliminator tournament. So I, was kind of, I thought something was kind of funny here. Page did his entrance, and now that he's a heel, no one's cheering for him. But they're not really booing either, so he's just like... What's the matter? You guys don't like me anymore? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Because everybody loves Ethan Page because they know he's a dude. He's a fucking yeah. dude. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, so he took on Bandito. We won this match. I mean, look, I think the result made sense here. You know, we've kind of been calling Ethan Page in the firm. This has raised his stock. It's elevated his stock in the company, so... He was going to go to the finals of this tournament. We th- we felt that coming no matter what. So, yeah, uh, 
I thought it was a pretty solid match. I mean, it wasn't anything too special. It was fairly quick. And, yeah, I mean, they yeah. let Bandito do Bandito things. and Absolutely. He, Paige went for the Avalanche Eagle's Edge the same way he beat Eddie Kingston. Bandito countered it into a Super Hurricanrana and one-hand Gorilla Press Slam. He, Bandito then hit a top rope frog, frog splash for two. The crowd really ate the false finish. Uh, each man cut the other rope, cut the other off in the ropes until Paige hit a top rope body slam and a diving shoulder tackle. The Eagles' Edge hit and Paige advanced to the finals. Uh, any notes you had from this one? Um, let me see. I like the opening sequence from Bandito. Like, he caught him off guard a little bit, like, because he was kind of like no selling that he was like, even a wrestler into the, like, in the pre match. So like, he was like, no, fuck you. So that's always good. You like to see that. Um, there's a crazy ring post moonsault. And then I liked, I, I forget this every now and then that Ethan Page is a freak athlete because he hits a slingshot cutter bounce off the ropes just randomly in this match. Yeah. Because he can do that, even though he's a massive meat man. Um, that man is is jacked, by the way. Um, fucking Bandito is jacked too, by the way. Yeah, he is. Um, and that was a good, you know, and that was a counter to the twenty one flex, which I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah, they counted the Avalanche Edo ads with a Hurricane Rana, which is a hell of a spot, and that body slam off the top, Charlie. My God, pretty nice stuff. And uh, more uh, video packages here. Jack Perry and Luchasaurus highlighted. Renee Paquette backstage with Soraya. Said she never thought she'd be in this moment. Soraya is sick of the back and forth with Britt Baker. She wants to be where the best is, and the best is in AEW. She'll see Britt at full gear. We'll get a quick video about Eddie or Eddie Kingston and Ortiz versus Kenosuke Takeshita and Junakiyama is shown. Eddie Kingston said 1998, Hiroshi Hase. Is that right? Or versus Junakiyama yeah. in the Tokyo Dome was the moment yes. Eddie Kingston wanted to fight yes. Akiyama as he's waited his for this moment his whole life. So, and as we saw, Rampage came and they brought it. So, and uh, our women's match came on. I believe the time was nine thirty-seven. Oh, classic! I was thinking, what the fuck's about to happen? Nine thirty time for the women. I thought they were main eventing for a second. Do you remember when that was a thing for a while? <laughs> no, it literally was, and they they brought it back for this one. <laughs> but I'm going to give him a little bit of a break here. Uh, the Bunny was supposed to be in this match, Garrett. This was supposed to be oh. her return. She was unable to be cleared. So oh, that sucks. That really sucks. Uh, we're rooting for hey, her. Good for Anna Jay, though, getting that spot. Yeah, good for Anna Jay. It shows that she is. She's elevated herself in the company enough to get this spot. And, you know, yeah, they probably I imagine as... this will be one of those things where Bunny gets this shot. Yeah, they probably see her as one of those like secondary heels now. So yeah, she so she'll get it. She'll be one of them. If Tony comes out of the champ, like if they don't put the title on Jamie, which I don't think they're going to, but like let's say they do, right? Um, if they don't do that, um, I think that could be the next championship defense for for Tony on TV. You know. And yeah, this uh, this match Winter is coming. This hey, this match took place during a commercial, basically, and. I mean, look, Tony Storm got in a really nice offense. She ended up getting the victory. But as much as I hate to say it, not too much happened here. Uh, the Sweet Cheek music was beautiful. She sank the yep. Texas Cloverleaf. Jay immediately tapped. I just... There's a sign we should talk about, Charlie. Oh, no. Oh, there no. was what a was... sign that said, I want to get beat up by JV Hater. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Same. Oh. Same. Jamie TBH. Hayter hit the ring. Champion and challenger had an intense face-off leading to their full gear title match. She hit um, the ring. What did it ever do to her? Ha <laughs> ha. So, yeah, that was our last match of the evening. Uh, by the way, I thought Anna Jay hit a really nice super kick there. I want to yes. point that out. She always hits a nice little super super kick, pump kick, whatever you want to call it. There's a world where she hits one of those in like a big ass match, and the crowd fucking really bites on the three. Like the absolutely, like I can see it. All right, our closing segment here: uh, John Moxley and MJF, their face off. Right, so Moxley came into the ring with Lord William Regal, kind of talking about how he's the best bathroom. Wow, best wrestler on earth, backing it up, defining the AEW world title. He's sick in the head. He's addicted to the adrenaline and pain. John Moxley, man, the guy fucking reads like a like a poet of fucking hate. Literally, like um, a poet, like a like the, a poet of pain. Look at uh, John Moxley researched MJF and he found out he's a good singer. I mean, what the? This is the not the guy you want to fuck with, man. He had one win in the last six months against Mox's young boy. Sheesh. He did a Brian Pillman stunt and won the worst finish to a ladder match he'd ever seen. Mox said the fans will see something special at Full Gear. What he does best. He's challenging them. They have to show him balls at the pay-per-view. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> Stokely Hathaway walked out to the ramp. The firm all hit the ring to attack Moxley and Regal. I thought Moxley's cadence again and delivery was on point. Yes. Um... MJF's music hit. He hits the ring, laying out the guns and Lee Moriarty on his way. He dropped Morrissey with a low blow, dispatched to Ethan Page as well. I'm glad they didn't have him start beating up Page, especially if they're going to... Uh, yeah, if Page is going to be like... Yeah, contender you don't want forward. Page who just won a really big match tonight to kind of, you know... Yeah, you don't want him looking... Like he told Stokely and crew to leave before he keeps kicking their ass. He saved Moxley because he doesn't want Mox to have any excuses come full gear. Said he's not the same kid when they fought the first time, and he told Regal he wouldn't need the dynamite diamond ring. He needs the AEW title more than he needs water, food, and oxygen. The title means you're the best wrestler in the world, and it's his time. Said the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing the world they didn't exist. Before he could finish his catchphrase, Moxley cut him off. Moxley said this Saturday the training wheels come off as they had a face-off with Regal in the middle of them. Well, actually, he said this Sunday, but it's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's Mox. This, he played it Saturday, off. Saturday, Sunday? Funny. You you know, honestly, me. when he played it off, it was like, what, what day is the pay-per-view on? I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The crowd was trying to give a little bit of you fucked up to him the first time. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of the crowd, some people uh, on social media thought the crowd didn't really react to this that well. I mean, I don't, I don't know um, what they thought people would react to sto- it. No, I think the story is just kind of fucked. Like it's, it was supposed to be obviously a heel MJF taking on Mox, right? And obviously MJF was cheered, but they're not going to turn Mox like heel. That doesn't make sense either. Exactly. So they kind of had to play this a little differently. And then the crowd really bit on MJF saying he was going to do it the right way. So you kind of had to go with that. It's a bit I, of an unfortunate circumstance, yeah. kind of like with the Soraya thing, where things just went in a slightly different direction than they probably should have. But nobody really – by the time it had already got there, what are you going to do to stop it? You know, like how were you going to plan for CM Punk doing what CM Punk did? You couldn't have. So – I just think they put this in the wrong spot. I, I I think you put this directly at nine o'clock. No one's even talking about the crowd. There's, no one's even mentioning it. And you, you put the fucking trios title match on last. Everyone's talking about how insane that fucking match was. 
and that that's all. But you know why you don't do that though, Charlie? I can tell you exactly why. Because MJF draws ratings, and when you do that, the draw the drop off of ratings for the trios main events is huge. So, hey, sure. I'm just I, I don't and know. That's they, just, just and that's and I've heard people that are defenders make that. You could have argument. even opened the show with this too. Then I just think I, I I I agree. I just don't know. I think they're basing their decisions purely off of who is drawing the most ratings when. So that's why, like some and, weeks, you will very scarcely see mjf but he'll randomly pop up a couple of times throughout the show i think it's because they're trying to get those ratings up in certain spots you know so yeah. i don't know so like, and it's... and aw doesn't traditionally close their shows unless it's on a match so i think even the fact that there was a little bit of discourse and discussion means they probably won't do it again yeah Maybe. more than likely we'll see but yeah so real quick it's just hit my brain uh mjf you were telling me before the show uh, something about MJF. Yes. Um, you were saying you had a friend kind of that doesn't even oh, watch wrestling. Yeah. So yeah. So about MJF. Yeah. So I'm sorry, sorry. My brain. Sorry. We're an hour into a podcast. Everyone, my brain's a little fried. Um. So we still have another like two hours to go too. Great. Um. But anyway. Um. Yeah, so I was uh, on Twitter throughout the week. Shoutouts to uh, El Scorpion for for shouting out, asking me how I was feeling about the pay per view this week. Uh, I give that answer on Twitter if you want to go see that at Bane Duke B A N E D U K E. Anyway, um, and um, but you guys are already getting get that vibe if you watch predictions. Check that out. But anyway, um, so I was just posting about that on Twitter because I posted this week because um, pay per view weeks I tend to post. Uh, about what my schedule is going to look like because it's usually a little different because of having to record multiple uh, extra times. So I put out a little tweet and uh, one of my friends who's a VTuber uh, replied and was like, yo, I don't know much about AEW, but I've been seeing clips of MJF and I was like wondering what what your thoughts are on MJF. And so I gave, you know, the generic, oh yeah, generational talent. He's like the best thing I've seen in years. Um, I gave the honest answer, you know? Yeah. Um, and... Um, I just thought that was really cool that he's now sort of uh, a way I put it to you, Charlie, sort of, he's breaking through. He's no longer just, <laughs> he is That's somebody that I don't even know of that watches wrestling regularly. Maybe they watched WWE or they did at one point. Um, I think they're from the UK. So that would make sense that they were like a WWE yeah, fan. And, and it's it's not really there. the first time that we're seeing this. And with MJF, you know, a few months back ago, his promo that he did on Pillman and the city of Cincinnati it ended up going viral on TikTok and it became a TikTok audio that people used. Some people that never even knew what this fucking professional wrestling shit is were using this audio and it was his voice and it just went everywhere and it was his promo about calling it mid. Ma-ma-ma mid. And it's like, MJF, little things like that are breaking through the cracks and now he's in a movie. So that line is uh, starting to get blurred a little bit. It's pretty cool. Let's jump in. You know what time it is. Yeah. Rampage, baby. This is Rampage, baby. We immediately cut to the back. Starks and Lance Archer were already ball- brawling. I'm not going to lie. I thought they, they were, were going to pull a thing. I thought they were going to pull a thing where Starks couldn't compete. I was, I, I was immediately, I'm like, ah, shit. Uh, Archer gave Starks the old lawn dart into the, lo- <laughs> into the loading bay. Bro, doors. he fucking chucked his ass into that fucking thing. And Charlie, I think there's only about one thing you can say to that. <laughs> So, there's your Simmons Award for this week. They brawled from the backstage area into the crowd. Starks hit Archer with one of those old aluminum trash cans. 
And yeah, he was in the Jersey, New Jersey Devil uniform uh, jersey. Jesus. Starks was. <laughs> Jesus, the New Jersey Devils this. jersey? Yeah, that's yeah. fuck. Fuck. Uh, yeah, so the match gets started. Starks clotheslines Archer to the outside. He then gets him with a choke slam onto the ring apron. We then go to split screen. By the way, I love the cold open backstage. After yeah. the break, he gets out of the Starks gets out of the blackout, comes from the middle rope to the shoulder tackle. He countered a tornado DDT. Uh, Archer did, and then he killed. I mean, he fucking laid Starks out with Lariat. Yeah. The way I put it in my notes is, uh, Ricky had a good comeback sequence, and that was really well. It had a good cutoff to it with the with that Lariat. It really was. He ended up kind of going for the Rochambeau. Archer backdrops Starks. And uh, he went for the pounce. Starks avoided it. Hit a spear into a roll-up and held Archer down for the one, two, three. Um, yeah, so Ricky Starks advancing. I feel more confident than ever our predictions are happening. Paige and Starks. It's felt pretty clean cut, but it uh, it makes sense. Again, these are results I'm not mad about. Uh, after the match, Cage and Prince Nana came out and distracted Starks. Archer attacked Starks and choke slammed him on the ring steps. So Brian Cage and Ricky Starks will happen on the uh, Full Gear Zero Hour again. It's a way to get Ricky Starks on the crowd on the show, you know, and that let them cut the uh, Page and Starks match, which I'm assuming is going to be that match. So that way they'll put it on Rampage or uh, put it on Dynamite next week. Any any of no either notes you had from this one? Um, nope, that's pretty much it. It was a good match. Uh, yeah, you know, it was, I mean, it was up. what it was. You know, it was really yeah, again, the circumstances. You know, Ricky wasn't able to have the match, so there so, you go. Full Gear Countdown Show featuring MJF. A little clip from that and Moxley aired uh, earlier today. Shivani interviewed Jericho and Guevara. Jericho predicted that Casanova and Danielson would turn on each other during the match Saturday. The RH World Title would stay in the GAAS, specifically with him. Jericho walked away. Once he was out of earshot, Guevara said, we'll see about that. If they, if these motherfuckers have balls, they put that title on Guevara. Could you imagine? Sammy Guevara. Make Sammy cool. a double champion. Does he still have that fucking championship from the AAA? I think he does. He just doesn't wear it on this TV. Um, and then, uh, yeah, our last match, because we already talked about the main event. I'm just kidding. There's another match that was two and a half minutes. Meat grinder match. Uh, Hook defeated Lee Moriarty to retain the FTW championship. Garrett, eight and a half minutes. Hook match, eight and a half minutes. I know. I think we're starting to see it come together. I still don't think they have the faith yet. I think they need to see something more that they haven't seen from Hook yet. I don't know what it is. I thought, um, I think, and I, I uh, tweeted a little bit, part of the clip on uh, on our Twitter. Mm-hmm of one of the things that sticks out in Hook, the chain wrestling with Hook is something we've always talked about. He makes it entertaining. So what do you do? Stick him out there with Lee, who also makes chain wrestling very yes. entertaining, and they, they know how to flow well. And I think Hook's... that's what will benefit, benefit Hook the most, is making it the most MMA style. Because yeah. I think that's what his dad trained him on. You know what I mean? Like, And let's be honest here, man. Hook sold well for Lee. He did. Here's the thing. There was never a doubt that he was going to lose this match, right? Yeah, I mean. But, but when he sells, you actually believe that Moriarty just landed those kicks. Hook's mm-hmm. theme, straight up banger. Moriarty's theme, straight up banger. Yep. And his foot, you know, 
Moriarty locked in the Border City stretch. Hook reversed into the Red Room, and he was choked out. I thought that was a nice finish. Hook is now 16-0. So, Hook has not been beaten yet. And they're taking the Hook thing very slow. So... Yeah, it's one of those slow burn AEW stories. Like, we'll get somewhere eventually with it, but we just don't know yet. I think this is a good start, though. You know what Hook's story kind of reminds me of? I don't know why. Maybe because these commercials were popping up throughout Rampage, but I just... I... I kind of feel like a Rocky vibe from him, you know? Okay. Like Rocky Balboa, how he always is kind of like building up to the, the next back, big fight. Raw meat. Hey, it's kind of what he does every. He's kind of what he does every match. So. <laughs> um. So yeah. I, again, Hook and Lee. Cool. This is uh, the young talent we like to see on AEW. So. A little recap of Rush and Bandito from last Friday. Led to a confrontation between Roosh and Jose the Assistant and Dark Order members Ten and John Silver. Ten walked off when Silver suggested they team up to face Roosh and Jose. Hmm. And then Roosh promised finally to getting beat some John Silver next ten, week. ten joining the uh, La Faction in Globalis. Yes. You think we're finally getting I, there? I I think if not that, we're getting one step closer to him becoming his own uh, becoming his own like name. Just off on his own as Preston Vance. I would be cool though if he rebranded himself as Preston Vance under the Dark Order. But I know they want to do their numbers. They just need, when are they going to go recruit Griff Garrison? When's I, this happening? They need to do that before they lose Preston, man. Like that feels like it's going to be like just now you're just replacing him, like with go uh, pick not... up Griff Garrison to the Dark Order. It makes so much fucking sense. But I sense. just I, if you do that, I feel like I'm starting to finally get behind the blondes, dude. Like they did have a really good match uh, against the Workhorsemen, right? Yeah, I mean like and and they've always been good. It's just they didn't have a good gimmick, like, you know, Fuck, like add him to the Dark Order. Fuck it. Maybe make it the true make it truly into the Dark Order. And and you already know what's going to happen here, Garrett. Last week, we made a plea. Dare I say, a pitch. Athena's new character that's been on Dark. It gets reactions every week. We've had people calling up the cops. We've had people. We've had wrestlers break character, saying this is the way the match was supposed to go because Athena's been beating her up. They're thinking Athena's a a tough worker. Don't let these people go watch an all Japan wrestling match. They'll actually physically call the Japanese government. Um. <laughs> It'll be like like it'll be like back to Japanese fans not being able to cheer. <laughs> Athena has officially brought her new Stiffmeister character to to the uh, to TV. I mean, that's the best way to put it. It's not on YouTube, right? Told you I had a line for every match. Uh oh, let's hear it. Heel Athena consumed Madison Rain's soul. She did, man. And you know why? They were doing the Madison Rain pre-show like interview. They had to cut it off because Athena jumped up and fucking <laughs> kicked her out of her entrance. I love this character, dude. It's this is so fucking good. awesome. Seriously, this Athena storyline. All right, guys, it's really if you haven't like watched any of them and this is your first time seeing it, it's only been going on like six weeks. You can go catch those matches in fifteen minutes total time. You can watch all the matches. She literally has turned into. You coined last week throwing people in the meat grinder, and it's all I think about. That's what she does. <laughs> she beats the shit out of them. And the first time she did it, the wrestler she faced literally had to break kayfabe and like say, "Yeah, that's the way we wanted this to go." She didn't hurt me. Like literally, this was uh, clearly something that Athena stormed like, stormed up. She sort of like cooked up in her brain. She's like, "You know what? Things aren't working. I got to get myself noticed." Yeah. And she went to Tony and she said, "Hey, man." 
I know I've only been here for a little bit of time and I haven't really done anything that would make me want to turn heel, but I have kind of lost a lot of matches and I lost the stuff with Jade and I've been losing. So what if I turned that and went heel and I, and honestly, dude, especially about the way she's been going about it with the slowly getting more aggressive, slowly yep. getting more aggressive. Eventually it is a slow build up. People after the build or after the bell, I should say after the build. Um, and then eventually we get to this point and this was the point and you'd suggested Charlie. I was like, I remember throwing it out to you. I was like, you know what this story needs is an innocent baby face that is just chilling, not doing anything on the roster right now. Cause in my head, at my time I was thinking sky blue, but I didn't really want sky glue to get like, just pushed down again further. So you suggested Madison rain and man, if that did not work out so perfectly, cause Madison knows yeah. how to do that job. Yep. Madison's fucking great. So just go ahead and continue. But like, no, I mean, she literally, she, she took the punishment. Well, and she wasn't the only one, dude. Aubrey Edwards took a forearm. Got some huge heat from the crowd, dude. And I she, think that's the first time anyone's gotten physical with Aubrey. I think so, man. And like, holy dude, I just I want to fucking say And talk the- about taking the ball and running with it. Like, people talk about John Moxley's promo where he talked about, you know, um, I want the ball. This is Athena's I want the ball moment, dude. Attacking uh, attacking Aubrey after the bell. I, I'm assuming that was a planned spot because if yep. it wasn't, if it wasn't, it's the greatest unplanned thing of all time because th- you don't th- – that takes just so much timing. And because if you did that and it wasn't somebody that was on the buildup like Athena is right now, like if you don't know what's going on with her right now, that might make you want to go back and look at Dark and be like, what the hell is going on with Athena? There will be at least one person that does. And that's that's to me that lets you know this was a somewhat of a success. The so, fact that at least one person will take this character. They're searching it tonight like, wait, what has Athena been doing on AEW? Wait, what has she been doing? And yeah, but that wasn't the end of this. After she locked Rain in the crossface, ROH world champion has made her return. And she chased off Athena. Welcome back, Mercedes Martinez. Uh, she was defending that belt constantly on Dark. It felt like at least Literally. like four out of like Charlie, six weeks. I think I know what I think I know what 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 our women's championship match is going to be at Ring of Honor Final Battle. And man, if this is it, we are fucking blessed. This card is stacking up to be insane. It really is. So, yeah, man. Um. Renee Paquette interviewed the Factory and Best Friends, teasing a match for Zero Hour. Another House of Black vignette. Uh, they beat up their sparring partners. And, yeah, then we already covered the main event. So, that is Charlie, it. I just came up with another brilliant match for that Ring of Honor final battle card. Ooh. Tease the Gates people. of Agony don't have anything to do right now, right? Okay. Neither does Brian Cage if he loses. Brian Cage and Gates of Agony versus Dalton Castle and the boys. I would buy that. And you know what? I'd almost toss the belts on those guys. Fuck it, dude. Dalton Castle doesn't need it. Put him in the world title scene again. No, man. They need to put um, Dalton Castle and fucking Orange Cassidy is goddamn money. And if we don't see it that, is, I'm but that needs to, but uh, it's true, actually, dude. That would actually be, dude. Uh, how is Orange Cassidy like barely on the card for this pay per view with the weeks he's been having? By the way, well, I think his story has been the weeks building up. That's why they got him in the the match on Zero Hour. Know, but yeah. Anyway, That's what that match um, was. That zero I'm hour match. Grumble about him not being on the pay per view just because of how fucking good he's been lately, you know. Um, so 
At least defending that championship. Fuck it. Have him double double. Fuck it. Double it up. Let's do Am it. Am I fucking nuts for being that excited for Zero Hour? I'm a fucking Zero Hour's freak. got some good stuff on it, dude. Junakiyama, Eddie Kingston, Starks and Cage, and then the fucking best friends versus factory. I mean, dude. Come that, on. That's gonna be a great match. I, I, and speaking I of great matches, say. guys. Ooh. Our prediction show. It's probably up. It, I guarantee it, our prediction show was up right now if you've already listened through this. So maybe you watch the prediction show and you came back and listened to this because you're like, man, those guys aren't too bad. Or you're like, man, they fucking suck. I need to hear more stupid opinions. Exactly. Either way, this is it for us this week. And um, we will see you guys. I guess it's going to be out Sunday morning, right? Uh, the full Easy gear. Easy like Sunday morning. The full gear review show, which. Pay-per-view review shows are some of our most fun shows because the shit just happened and it seems to be the ones you guys check out the most. So, yeah. Uh, All right, we so will... when Thunder Rosa comes back at full gear and hits uh, Britt Baker with brass knuckles in the jaw after her match with Soraya, uh, what are we doing? Standing up screaming from the Himalayas. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be it for us, guys. Thanks for catching out this episode of Eat Sleep Elite. See you guys. For the full gear review. Oh yeah. Shit is televised.